Hi, I'm Agnes Kurtzels. I'm Whitney Winter. And my name is Claire Horning. Welcome back to the Acknowledge podcast. Today we are going to talk with Dr. Deb Witt and Dr. Liz Vile about the Agricultural Communicators of Tomorrow Club here on the Wayne State campus and the Agricultural Communicators and Leadership major that is brand new to Wayne State. Could you please introduce yourself and your job title, description, and some involvement you have on campus, please? Well, thanks, Whitney, and thanks for inviting me here uh, to your podcast. My name is Deborah Witt. I am professor and chair of the Communication Arts Department. I have been at Wayne State for 35 years, unbelievably, but yes, it's true. I've loved my teaching here. I teach the communication courses in family communication, organizational communication, communication theory. I also teach, of course, the principles of human communication. And once in a while, I have the opportunity to teach honors courses. Um, Can you please describe why ACT Club came to be about, and when did you guys first establish that here at Wayne? All right, very good. We began the ag communication and leadership concentration three years ago. It began because I had a discussion with a colleague at North Dakota State University, and he told me that most of their communication majors are ag communication majors. And he said, Deb, why aren't you, why don't you have a concentration? And I said, Dr. Meister, Mark Meister, I said, Mark, we we need to do that. So the faculty and I, the department, decided we could easily develop a concentration in ag communication with mostly current uh, courses that we teach. We did introduce a new course, Intro to Agricultural Communication, for the students, a course where they begin the multi-platform of communicating agriculture through radio, television, uh, video, uh, and journalism. So the concentration is media-driven. It is mass communication-driven. We see a great need for agricultural organizations who need media specialists to communicate their products, their passion for agriculture, and also perhaps someone who is going to go back and manage their own farm or ranch. They need these skills to communicate about their farm and their ranch operation and maybe also become leaders in certain agricultural boards like the Cattle uh, Association, the Pork Association, the Soybean Association, all of those associations, agriculturally based associations, need communication people to communicate their their business. Can you describe what the thought was when you guys started Agricultural Communicators of Tomorrow Club? Yes, that came along right with uh, the development of the concentration. So Dr. Meister also said they had a club called ACT, and it is then, as I investigated it further, a national organization that most all of the institutions who have an agricultural communication 
concentration also have the ACT club for the students to do co-curricular things outside of the classroom, maybe even doing more with the community, reaching to the community, communicating and connecting more with uh, the farmers and ranchers in the areas or the ag business leaders in the area. Can you tell me what your students are involved in with the club? Well, we started, which was really fun. It came right from the first group of students who were in the club. They said, let's do something for farmers. So they brainstormed. And I believe maybe from from their past experiences, well, we used to, someone had a Feed the Farmers campaign. Now, isn't that fun? And during harvest time, that we would help feed the farmers uh, as they're uh, gathering their harvest, as they come to the grain elevator. So we decided we could have cookies for them. Uh, They would stop into the office, grab a cookie, some water, get back out on to, you know, harvest. We know that at that time, farmers experience an increased risk of injury or accidents. So maybe having a cookie or a a bottle of water, a little break, would help them in their harvest and keep them more alert. Um, Do you know what kind of majors are involved with your ACT group? For now, it seems like we have quite a few communication students, but I believe there must be others, and maybe, Whitney, you can tell me if there are other students. We definitely want business ag students. We definitely want students who are interested in animal science or environmental issues. Uh, any major can, can be part of our club, and we would encourage, and I would encourage students to become involved in ACT because most of our jobs are in agriculture. Once you leave here, your career will be most likely connected in some way with ag. So why not be part of the club? Maybe even pick up a major. Yeah, I believe one of the new members is biology and pre-chiropractic. So that kind of a diverse group we have here. I know At least three of us are majoring in the Agricultural Communications and Leadership major, um, along with other majors, of course, or minors or concentrations. But could you expand upon other activities you've done with the club other than Feed the Farmers? Yes. Well, we are building more activities. One of the most wonderful things that we just did recently was connect with Dr. Jeffrey Miller at the University of Arkansas, who gave, who spent some time with us talking to our club members about how he uh, has developed and created more excitement about his club and uh, about the ag major. He's been doing this for, and their major, I'm sure, has been there ever since this, you know, school started. Many of our schools, you have to think about it, are uh, are agriculturally based. Uh, North Dakota State University, again, that school is uh, agriculture and applied science, known as. So these majors then, the students come to study because of their 
passion uh, about ag, uh, agriculture. And we have the same area here, and just as in Arkansas. Dr. Miller told us with the group of students, we did a Zoom with him. He was just so exciting to listen to and things he's done with the club. He told us that we now, Wayne State, we are part of just 48 institutions across the country who have an ag communication concentration. I believe with more and more people finding out about it, we are going to grow more and more majors because of it. Can you explain what your club has been involved with in the women's conference in Norfolk and then the upcoming one with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and the extension office? Absolutely. Very good question uh, for the audience. Well, my friend, Kareen Morris, who was a graduate here of Wayne State, theater major when she, uh, and she was also part of, the, of our speech team. I was her speech coach, even though, oh, she's only a couple of years younger than me, but we, we go way back when, way back together. And she went to Northeast. She taught uh, in the communication department. She was the speech coach there at Northeast Community College for a number of years. And then she moved into administration. And now she is the dean of nursing and science, science, the sciences. But she, she grew up on the farm. And she realized that so many women are part of agriculture. She started uh, the Exceptional Woman, Women in Agriculture Conference. So last year or the year before, our club, we participated in that conference, and it was just an amazing two-day or one-day conference. Now, of course, the, the Nebraska uh, Extension Service also offers a conference on women in agriculture. So all of these conferences, now they're virtual, they're, they're this year virtual, I want our students to participate in, and you, Whitney, also participated in a national conference, a media summit, uh, an agricultural communication media summit. So our students can participate in this, and that's another reason to join the club, because you have these opportunities to network nationally, regionally, in our own community, uh, and think of ways in which you're going to apply your career uh, in ag communication and get obviously get jobs when you network like that. So it's been, been fantastic. So we're doing those types of things, conferences, Zooming with other uh, professors at other institutions, and then also students need to take also the next step, think about going on to graduate school in ag communication. Dr. Miller told us that uh, of those 48 programs, 12 of those programs also have graduate degrees in ag communication. I say go on. And the Wayne Ag uh, Communications major is just for undergraduates, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add for our discussion? Well, I grew up on the farm, too. And obviously, I'm passionate about communicating agriculture. And there are a lot of people just like me who remember how wonderful and beautiful it was to grow up on the farm. We learned a lot of skills, but we continue, uh, but continue our economy 
two-thirds of our account, economy or 75% of Nebraska economy is ag. So this degree, this program, would be a wonderful to, to, to add to anyone's uh, degree program. You can double major. You don't need a single major. You should add this one as your second major. Uh, it can easily be done. So give it a chance. Think about it. You are connected. We are all very much connected to the agricultural area and business. So thank you so much. Thank you, Deb, for taking the time out of your day and talking with us on our Ag Knowledge podcast. We hope to do a lot more throughout the semester with a whole bunch of other women in ag. So having you here as our first interview and your stance on everything, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I know my co-hosts also do too for taking the time out of your day and talking with us. You are most welcome. Thank you very much. Now we're going to talk to Dr. Liz Vile about ACT Club and the AgCom major. Can you talk about your title and job description here at Wayne State College? Okay. My title is assistant professor. I've been here about a year and a half and my job description is similar to most except that I'm also the advisor to the Wayne Stater newspaper and digital and newsletter. Um, What other involvements do you have on campus? Um, Right now I help advise ACT, the Agricultural Communicators of Tomorrow. So I help out with that club and also because they're a national chapter. The Wayne Stater keeps me busy. I'm not, I don't do a whole lot else on campus myself. I do other things like work with the FFA magazine. Started doing that this year. Can you expand upon what you have done with FFA magazine? They contacted me this summer, and I think actually you kind of gave her my name. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's a good opportunity to work. And it is the uh, magazine for the FFA organization in Nebraska. It's their state magazine. And so what they asked was whether or not we could maybe find some students who would help write some of the stories about about FFA groups in the state for the magazine. And since I had a news writing class I do every fall, I thought I could integrate that as feature stories, which worked very well, actually. And we had several students get their feature stories published in the magazine. And I contributed work by uh, designing and putting the entire thing together in November. We put it together in beginning of November, and then they printed somewhere around the end of the month. Can you explain for the people that don't understand what a feature story is? Can you explain what it is? Sure. Feature story, well, first of all, it's usually a little bit longer than a normal news story. And a feature story sometimes doesn't always contain all of the impetus or the timeliness of a news event. So a news event, we concentrate on those things like the who, what, when, where, why, and how, you know, in journalism. But the timeliness, the when, is something that isn't always there. Sometimes it is in a feature story, but it can be very soft. It's not necessarily tied to a news event. So if you have a feature story about the FFA group in such and such town in Nebraska, then that might be something about highlighting what they've done all year, but it's not tied to something they did right then and there, perhaps. Can you explain your involvement with the AgCom major? 
Um, my involvement, well, first of all, is mostly through the uh, course itself, which is CNA 150, and it's called Intro to Ag Communication, although it just says ag communication in here. I, I was looking at that today. And um, it is a survey course that we want everybody who's an ag comm major to take first, and it talks about all these different things in communication. So it's I consider it a survey course where we try and hit a lot of different things about communication, everything from writing for print to thinking about public speaking to um, maybe thinking about photography or design, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it actually has a lot in it. And in fact, this week, my AgCom course, we run it every spring. Um, they actually started looking at surveys and survey research because a lot of communicators have to do qualitative research in order to uh, get information about their audiences. And we started cons we constructed surveys again this semester. So um, there's a lot of things in there so that you can start knowing about those areas that you're going to have to maybe become more proficient in. Can you talk about some of the classes in the AgCom major and minor? Um, I can. Uh, and, in fact, I brought my catalog just to remind me what was going on there. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, first of all, recognize that everybody who's doing this and becomes a, uh, you would be a mass comm major basically with an ag communication concentration, okay? And you would have to take the core in communication itself, okay, um, which has a few classes. And then you would have to take some mass comm classes, that core, which includes introduction to mass communication, news writing, which I was just talking about a minute ago, media ethics, doing a portfolio, mass media and society, and then comm law. And then you get to your classes that are required for AgCom. And that starts out with the Intro to AgCom, which is that survey course. And then they start giving you some more uh, pointed classes where you go into radio production, uh, video production, public relations, which is a course where you actually study what public relations is, okay, and how to implement it. Um, I don't think they do a lot of writing in that course because we have a separate public relations writing course, which is very valuable, but just understanding what public relations is is, is important. Um, social media marketing, which again could become part of one of those kinds of jobs that you would uh, hold in AgCom. Organizational leadership, and then also qualitative research design, which I've just started talking about surveys, and, and uh, that's quantitative research. Well, qualitative is the other side of that. And then agricultural uh, communication internship because we want everybody to go out in the field and um, actually work in a position where they're uh, using some of those skills before they graduate. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about with the major itself or the concentration? Any jobs that you could see happening right after taking one of these classes or the direction a person may want to take after taking the intro to ag class? Okay, well, first of all, I think people go into this major with an idea of what they're interested in. So they might already have a 
an area of agriculture that they're interested in, and that becomes kind of their specialty. And so you can point them in that direction, okay? Um, It also depends on, you know, what kind of job they want. Do they want something closer where they're uh, out in the field a lot, or do they want the kind of job where they're uh, organizing more and perhaps um, working for an agency and working on the communication content a lot more than just connecting with the people, all right? So it depends. Now, as I mentioned, my course is kind of a survey. And for instance, something that uh, I have speakers come in. And one of my former students who works for the ad agency in Kansas City exclusively handles uh, advertising clients that are agriculture. And so she actually works with soybean commissions. And she places and sends out messages exclusively for just agricultural clients and does it from Kansas City, okay? So, but uh, definitely that's one of those kinds of communication jobs. I also brought a list just uh, to give you some other kinds of examples of places where graduates might find jobs. Uh, Advertising agencies like Caitlin Ift or something like any kind of agribusiness or ag associations because they need people to communicate agricultural-related publications, so whether it's an FFA magazine or a magazine just for the corn industry. Um, let see. And, okay, so chemical companies, because they work with agribusiness, right? Um, consulting firms, even government jobs like the Department of the Interior or the Department of State, because they need people who have knowledge of agriculture, Uh, Farm equipment manufacturers, because they also communicate with the same kind of uh, audience. And insurance firms, places that deal with them even on other levels. So lots of places like that are going to be looking for people who have a background in both communication and agriculture. Interesting. You mentioned earlier about um, having a speaker come um, to your class and talk with your um, members. Can you expand upon that and the involvement with ACT, the Agricultural Communicators of Tomorrow Club? Um, Okay. So, uh, so far I have two speakers um, this semester. One is Caitlin Ift, who works for the ad agency. The other uh, speaker who's going to be coming in February uh, to talk to the intro class is Rhea Landholm, and she is a marketing manager uh, for uh, the Center for Rural Affairs. And she's also a WSC graduate, uh, and she graduated in journalism, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, So she will be coming and talking about the kind of job she does. So here you have, you know, the agency that is going to needs to coordinate information with farmers, okay, and get information out. So um, I also asked if the Students who are in ACT, if they're not in that class, would want to sit in on those Zoom meetings. We're doing Zooms, of course, right now. And uh, I think that might be helpful so they could hear a little bit more about uh, the people who do have jobs in agricultural communications. So um, hopefully I'm going to check and see if um, one of my old friends who I worked with a long time ago when... Uh, I was an editor on my student newspaper. He was our ad manager at the time. He became head of the Washington State Apple Commission, and he spoke to my class last year. And you were you were there. He was yep. that kind of interesting. He talked yep. about Alar and the Apple industry. Yeah, that was uh, eye opening. 
Okay. And of course, that's, you know, dated. That was 30 30 years ago now. But but that was a a, a good example of crisis communication and how people who are in ag communication have to uh, think and plan ahead when something bad might happen because uh, the LR scare was something that affected uh, the apple industry in Washington state especially really heavily because that's one of the uh, biggest exports that we have out of that state, which is where I grew up, so I know that. Um, So those are the kind of speakers we're having, and I'm hoping he can speak again. I have to check with him, and maybe one other is trying to get a wide variety of people again. Um, can you talk about your involvement with ACT and what the club has done so far on campus and in through through the community? Um, the club has had some fun, I think. Um, we a couple of years in a row here, we have basically uh, baked cookies for the uh, farmers when during uh, harvest time, and uh, we go down and deliver them to the silo. And it's something that when they come in and drop things off, uh, they can pick up some cookies and, and, and take them back to the field with them. And that's just a fun activity that kind of lets them know that uh, the students at WSC are involved. Um, the group has gone to a, last year went to the Ag Exceptional Conference at Northeast uh, Community College. And that was really fun. Um, we... Uh, Got to hear a lot of speakers, learn some things about agriculture we didn't even know. And um, it, it, it was good to meet people, good to meet people there in the industry, too. Uh, this year, I'm not, again, since COVID hit, it's hard to tell if we're going to be traveling right away. It would be nice to say that, yes, we could late spring, but I'm not hopeful at this point yet. Um, but they are going virtual for some uh, conventions. And um, I believe there's one in February we're thinking of uh, uh, going to as a group. And uh, actually, I think you have more information on that right now than I do. Yep. Uh, Deb talked about uh, the extension office uh, and through Nebraska mm-hmm. is going to host a kind of women's and ag conference. Um, it's a two-day event. I believe it's the 17th and 18th. So I think we'll have quite a few of the members attending that virtual event. Yeah, and it would be nice to find another one like that, I think, later in the semester that we can do as a group. Um, It's kind of, you know, hard to get together this year because of everything that's happened. But at least we can still have some meetings and come up with uh, a few uh, ideas of things that we can perhaps also do after February. So, Do you remember Linda Emanuel? Yes. Could you speak about what she was doing here um, last spring, it was, right? Yeah, she, okay, so um, the group, and good you reminded me, I actually forgot about that. Um, Linda Emanuel um, basically is a a home health nurse, and she's a communicator and a nurse. And so she actually came and made a presentation, and that was right before we all went home in March. So was it? late February that she came? I believe so. And she was actually showing us masks and, and things. But but she came uh, to make a presentation for ACT. And it was actually quite well attended because we did advertise and put out flyers, which was great. And um, she talked about farm safety. 
So she talked about all these aspects that they uh, cover and things that they're concerned with and how they try and get information out. And some of those were things like mental health, okay, and stress. And she ha- she and her company has ex- have exercises that they try and get out to people. And so, so she was basically... Um, showing us the wide range of communication that she does with people in the farming community. And that was quite informative and a little bit eye-opening, I think. Thank you, Deb and Liz, for joining us on our podcast this week. We are very grateful for you taking your time out of the day to sit with us and to talk about agriculture here at Wayne State College. Now we're just going to go into our perspective as um, students in the AgCom major and also as members of the ACT club. Um, I guess we'll start with Claire because she's the president of the ACT club. So um, I joined the ACT club in the fall of my freshman year, which would have been last year. There was like a meeting of the clubs in the humanities buildings. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. So I went ahead and signed up for it. And then I was able to attend all the events throughout the year. Um, We were really lucky. We got to go to the Ag Women's Conference in Norfolk, which was very fun. We had a lot of interesting seminars there, and we heard a lot about women in agriculture, which as a young woman in agriculture was kind of inspirational. A lot of the other things our club does is we have a lot of activities. We do a lot of Zoom conferencing at this time because, you know, we want to be safe, but we also want to still have activities and be active in our club. Um, We just joined onto the national ACT branch with a lot of our members. So that's really exciting that we're getting the newsletter and being a part of the bigger picture. Um, Hopefully we can keep being involved and, you know, extend our involvement. Maybe um, one of us could be an officer at the national level someday. That would be a really exciting opportunity. Yeah, so that's that's how I got involved, and I really enjoy being the president. I try to be kind of as low-key as possible, but we still want to get a lot done, and we still want to have um, a lot of membership and involvement, so we try to do some recruiting and kind of get our name out there as much as possible. Whitney, my vice president, do you have anything to add? Uh, I don't think I have much to add, but I joined my spring semester freshman year, so last some. Last spring semester, I was recruited by Liz um, after having the AgCom major added on top of my journalism major. So um, I got to attend the Women in Ag Conference in Norfolk also, as Claire had mentioned. Um, Other than that, we had a couple special guests come and talk to the group, and we did some other activities with the members. We were kind of a small group to start out with, but now we're stretching our wings and um, getting our name out into the community and throughout the campus here, so... Yeah, I'm a member. Um, I think Claire actually recruited me um, in one of our classes that we had together last fall, or this fall, I guess. And (laughs) unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to a lot of the first meetings because I had a class that was in the evening. So it it was right at the time that like worked for the majority of the people. So it didn't really work for me. But I, I think the first one that I attended was the feeding the farmers ones where we baked cookies and then we had a nice uh, meal afterwards for us. I guess I joined it more because while I was at Northeast, I was in the Collegiate Farm Bureau. That was fun and didn't know if Wayne had something like that or not. And then that's when Claire told me about ACT and told me what it was all about. And I was really excited. 
why did you guys come to Wayne for the ag comm major? I actually came to Wayne um, for the journalism major, and then once I was on campus and started getting involved in a, a few of the, my uh, courses, I was introduced into the AgCom major. So I didn't come here for it, but I'm very glad that I was introduced to it very early on in my academic career. So I'd like to thank everyone that was involved with that process and the opportunity to be the vice president of the club and a spokesperson, per se, for the Wayne community and the agricultural industry. Yeah, so I also did not come here for the AgCom major. I found out about it after I was here already with my speech communication major in mind. I think me and Whitney added that major at the same time because we had been taking the same class and she had been like, hey, I heard about it from Deb, I guess, because I was in the club. But Whitney and I had a class together and we'd been talking about it and she was like, I think I'm going to add it as my major. And I was like, hey, that was my plan too. (laughs) So it was kind of funny that we both had like a similar experience of that. Yeah, I think I walked down to the registrar's office the next day and added it on to my plans for the future. All I had to do was have a signature, I think, from Liz, and that was it. I was double majoring, and it's one of the best choices I've made with my academia, so nothing to look back on. I was at Northeast, and I I was kind of looking into, like, furthering my education beyond an associate's degree, but I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I knew I wanted to stay around the area if I was going to continue college, so I didn't know if I was going to, like, pick up another associate's degree at Northeast or what I was doing. Like, I obviously went to a couple college fairs that Northeast put on, and um, Wayne was there, and um, that I had just learned that they added the agriculture communications degree. And it was, that's perfect for me. I Like, right when I heard it, I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, uh, that's always what I wanted to do. Like I mentioned uh, last podcast, like, I've always wanted to talk about agriculture. It's always been something that interests me. And then when I heard that there was an actual degree that you could get, that like, you could go around talking about agriculture, I was really excited. And it wasn't that difficult from going from Northeast to Wayne. Yep, this whole podcast, we have to credit to Agnes because this whole thing was her idea and we just kind of... <laughs> bandwagoned onto it because we also thought it was a good idea well I mean I didn't want to do it by myself and I'm like you guys are going to be on it with me right we originally thought like we'd be on there each week just as like commentators and then we thought like why not just host the podcast with all three of us um so we rolled with that idea and now we're here trying to educate everyone about agriculture here we are our second podcast I think I want to continue this Definitely. Hopefully, you guys will be with me on that <laughs> uh, within, you know, in next year and everything. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to go further than just a one-semester project. How about you, Claire? Well, if you're going to make me. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I would really like that, too. <laughs> Going back to the earlier interviews with Deb and Liz, um, what, did you guys have any thoughts about what they said, or do you want to discuss any points they brought up further? Yeah, so... Um, Liz mentioned she's teaching the intro to agriculture or intro of agriculture communications. And I'm in that class right now. And uh, we have, like she mentioned, we have a couple speakers coming within, uh, I think, two weeks toward the end of February. And I'm really excited for a couple of those just to see what everybody does in the agriculture communications field. 
Yeah, so I was actually in that class last semester, and I really enjoyed having the speakers because it kind of gave us some insight on, like, what their careers were like after college and kind of the different situations, like current event situations and kind of crisis situations they had faced that um, kind of hurt or affected the ag industry. So I thought that was kind of interesting that we were given the opportunity to kind of see them and ask questions that way. I was also in the class with Claire last uh, spring semester. She had mentioned earlier that she's going to hopefully talk to the Apple Commissioner in Washington. Um, We had talked to him briefly in the class last semester and just his perspective on an event that impacted the the agricultural community so much was somewhat eye-opening to a freshman student here in a small town state college. So having these Zoom meetings and with the Intro to AgCom class and also with the ACT club hopefully will allow the students to see what they can achieve post-graduation. Yeah, that's that's why I'm really excited with ACT too because we, we get the opportunity to go to all these different conferences that like Northeast hosts that um, Ag Exceptional Women and being on the sidelines at Northeast watching that go on it was like oh that's really cool like I didn't know like other colleges could come to that. I didn't get to go because I think I was helping with livestock judging or something that day but still a really cool um, experience to see from the sidelines and I can't wait to experience it in person. Um, I know it's It's probably going to be over Zoom or something, but it's still really exciting. And speaking of, you know, different opportunities and careers in agriculture, do you guys have any ideas on like any internships you would maybe be interested in or any like post-collegiate jobs that you're really looking forward to? Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Whitney? (laughs) I was doing some research for an article I was writing for the Stater, which is the student newspaper here on campus, um, about women in ag and the younger generation, and that is uh, breaking into the agricultural industry. And I found that Farm Bureau has a women in ag campaign that spiked my interest. And so I think further researching what Farm Bureau does in the agricultural communities and what kind of leadership opportunities that would present for a college student, even as an internship over the summer or postgraduate job and career with them. So I think that's something I'd like to look into. So since your journalism, would that have I guess, would your ideal job have, like, a lot of writing involved? Would you want to work on, like, a newspaper or a publication of some sort? Originally, I thought about going into a magazine, something like National Geographic or People's Magazine or something along the lines of that. But with agricultural communications, I think I want to do more of the uh, talking So not completely my career, just be writing, but also incorporate my communication skills that both of my majors allow me to accelerate in. And um, I like to talk with people. And that's how I learn is face-to-face communications and interacting with people. So I think that will be something I'll look forward into a job in the future. How about you, Claire? I don't know. I'm really indecisive. So... I guess the main thing for me, I'm very flexible and I can pick things up pretty easily. So I'm less worried about like what my specific job will look like and more about like what the environment is like and the impact that it's having because I would rather work in a like a nice environment that everyone gets along in that's, you know, super impactful to the community and to the outside world instead of like a toxic environment that is just like 
completely for profit corporatization all that stuff that's not really my not really my cup of tea and that's not really where i see myself yeah i really like the audio aspect like doing the podcast i really enjoy this part um but then also it's like i have this side of like journalism where i like to go out and i like to talk to the farmers themselves and being like hey how has this event impacted your life how has it impacted your farm and yeah kind of a toss-up like I'm like Claire like I want a a community work area where it's everybody gets along but then it's also like on the sidelines it's like um like being a journalist where maybe I don't have to have like uh only work in an office but yeah you were gonna say something Whitney (laughs) yeah I was gonna cut in but uh I think a spokesperson leadership kind of role would fit great with you Agnes because you'll be in the traditional setting that you're in the office working with the community and such and writing as uh, journalism would be, but you're also going to be out there advocating for your company or just agriculture as a whole. And so like a leadership opportunity, like a spokesperson, I think would fit great into your future plans. I think that's the really nice thing about the AgCom major is that it's extremely flexible because we are taught leadership skills, which is a huge... I mean, it's a very valuable thing to have. And we're also, you know, we're kind of jacks of all trades. We're doing speech communication. We're doing audio workshop like you're hearing right now. Um, We also do some video production with Dr. White. And we kind of get to see how, you know, premiere and like the process of making a film and editing it and how that goes together. And we can translate that into, you know, documentaries or specific stories about agriculture. And that's one thing um, Dr. Dr. Miller from the University of Arkansas said that video production in agriculture is a huge thing right now. And I think his exact quote was sky's the limit with that, which is super, I mean, super cool to think about because that's a great opportunity for a lot of people. And then again, you can also go into publications and journalism. So I think there's a lot of different, a lot of different paths you could take with this one major, which is really cool for me because I don't know what I want to do. So knowing that I have a lot of options with it is just super helpful to me and we're very marketable to say with our agcom major because like you said we are jacks of all traits we have the film background the radio background the print journalism online journalism what else am i forgetting um pr work communication studies well even just like okay so last semester was obviously my first semester here and just looking at those classes I had intro to PR I had um television um production or intro to television production and I had intro to radio production and just those three covers so much stuff and like now I'm in social media marketing and that's like also something that would interest me like just going online and being like hey here's a great product in the agriculture field maybe you'd be interested in it we hit so many different courses that it's crazy to think how you can even like specialize into a certain course. Like if you're in ag, uh, ag communications and you're like, hey, I really liked um, doing that advertisement I did in a video workshop, then you can go into video workshop and you can make more of those and you can get more experience in that field. I think another good thing about the program is not only do we do like the technical skill but we also do the conceptual work so we look at the theories and kind of scrutinize the messages and materials that the media is sending out so like some classes like mass media and society um, rhetorical theory all of that stuff goes into what 
what makes a good media message and kind of breaking it down into the implications that that message could have, the history that goes into making that message, um, maybe what that message is trying to say, whether it's truly said or just kind of behind the in between the lines, I guess. So that's a really important thing because a lot of people just kind of read and trust and really have to kind of analyze every message with a grain of salt because there's always an agenda. There's always a motivation and a reason behind messages. And it's important that we understand what those are and how to find them. Yeah. And to your point, I'm also in Mass Media Society with Dr. Shauna Hearn. Um, I'm also in his media management class, which we have recently learned in the last week and a half about different management styles and some of the traps that employees fall in and also managers fall into and just how to be aware of that and to succeed in the management position will further your career in anything, not just agcom. At one point in your life, you'll be a manager of something in some corporation. So I think this degree really helps us prepare ourselves for what comes after our academia career. And to the point, uh, journalism also helps with Dr. Mike White's class of copywriting and advertising of what goes into an advertisement and the demographics and who do you want to hit with the advertising um, strategies. So I think all these classes that we're all taking just really helps us be a well-rounded participant in everything we do. So Well, and I really like, like, so here at Wayne, you have um, tenants, right, that you have to fill. Yeah, core academic tenants. It's like the general studies program. And you get so many classes per uh, tenant and you can choose from any of those classes obviously if it's in like the fall or spring semester but you get to choose what you want to do it's like right now I'm in photojournalism but I could have chose something else because and I really like that because you get to like customize if you will your degree more to like what you want to do or what you like yeah what you want to do in the future so I really like that yeah there is a set um core classes that we do all have to take, but that I think only counts for 15 credit hours, um, if I remember correctly. It's 30. 30? Okay. And then we build upon that with other classes that we choose. So like I might take a concentration in one portion and say Agnes wants to go in a different direction, but we're still getting the same degree, but we're customizing it for what we want to learn and do for the rest of our lives, you know? Another important part of the curriculum for the AgCom degree is like the the law side of it. So I know right now the three of us are all um, in communication law and we're kind of learning about, you know, um, free speech and the different cases the Supreme Court has heard and what kind of how those are judged and the structures behind them and what's acceptable and not what's not acceptable and how those different laws apply to the different systems. So if you're in radio, the FCC regulations are going to be different than if you're in publications, those regulations are different. So it not only depends on just the speech itself, but also kind of what medium it's on, well, what platform you're using. All of that's really important to be able to know and distinguish. So you don't break any laws unintentionally or intentionally because you should never break laws. (laughs) Great point. Yes. So um, we also just wanted to mention some other kind of agriculture related majors that we have at Wayne State, um, just so we don't sound entirely biased (laughs) to our own major. Um, So Whitney, do you have some information on those that you would like to share? Um, There are actually three ag majors. offered at Wayne State College, which are agribusiness, of course, our agricultural communications and leadership, and then 
agricultural engineering. So agribusiness and agcom are offered as bachelor degrees and agricultural engineering is offered as a pre-professional or affiliate. So if you don't want a humanities major, there's a couple of STEM opportunities for you in the ag industry. If you're thinking of coming to Wayne State College, which you definitely should because it's awesome here. <laughs> uh, and then you could be in the ACT club. Speaking of STEM majors, um, we know there's kind of a lack of women in STEM. And so we kind of want to talk about women in agriculture and what those numbers and statistics look like. Lucky for us, Whitney, I think, just wrote an article about it, so she has lots of information. Take it away. I consulted the Census of Agriculture, which is by the United States Department of Agriculture, so the USDA, and the Nat- and the National Agricultural Statistics Service, which is NASS. Um, the last census was in 2017, which showed that farms with at least one female producer, up to four um, producers per farm, made up about 56.5% of all producers in the United States in 2017. So I found that statistic that women make up nearly 60% of all ag producers. Astonishing. How about you guys? Crazy to think. It's also really awesome, and we love to hear it icon behavior, honestly. Um, Can we also talk about young people, how many um, producers are not in the older generation, but maybe younger couple of generations do you have any statistics on like the age range of that population so young producers um are in control of 240,121 farms in the u.s which accounts for a little over 114 million acres young producers are considered anyone anyone 35 years of age or younger according to the usda and nsaa and so in nebraska alone a little under 7,000 farms are owned and operated by young producers, which is amazing. Coming from someone that grew up on a farm and operated a farm with my parents' help, um, that these younger, uh, the younger generation is taking it, upon, taking it upon themselves to either start up their own farm or continue a family legacy because uh, according to the census, 96% of farms and ranches in the U.S. are family-owned, which is something we want to see more of, and more family-owned farms instead of corporate-owned, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I'm sorry, Claire. I interrupted No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I totally agree, but um, to me, the family farms right now are um, different. Not that different is a bad thing, but I feel like they aren't the same as the family farms that you thought of, you know, 25, 50 years ago, where it was like, oh, you know, this family of seven, because that's how big those families were, even bigger probably, they live on this one farm and they farm their land, where now you're seeing um, uh, family farms that they hire other people too, which is absolutely fine. You're actually having to have to do that um, with what you're, to be able to make a good profit in farming, you're having to farm more land so you're having to hire more people and that's what's keeping our small communities alive basically especially when you see um the incoming of these um confinement operations yeah i would definitely say that um big corporatization really hurts how we see family farms and how many family farms we have because in order to be able to have any sort of competition with that you like agnes said you have to have a big enough operation that you can make enough money to support yourself and with that you're kind of 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're losing the family part of it, but you're kind of almost adding more family because I know that a lot of those people who work for those farms are like those people's family because they're together all the time. They communicate all the time. I'm sure they have, you know, big dinners and celebrations and all that stuff together because that's just kind of that's just kind of the culture here. Like we're we're nice and we're. I don't know, not necessarily Southern hospitality because we're not the South. It's still the same idea of, you know, taking care of your neighbors and, you know, supporting each other, being there for each other, um, especially to your employees is really important. And I think that corporate farms could learn a thing or two from that. Absolutely. Well, and I think I think you hit uh, the nail on the head when you said like these family farms are like creating a bigger family because you're keeping those young farmers like you're being able to hire those uh, young farmers to work for a large farm or not necessarily large, but a family owned business. And they're able to get their experience and they're able to take that experience if they feel like it and go and buy their own farm. And then they have a foundation Mm -hmm. of knowledge where they can start. Um, especially for like first generation farmers. I know we're seeing an uprise of them, especially because of the coronavirus outbreak. You're seeing a lot more people go into homesteading, which is also a different definition than what it was at, you know, when homesteaders began to go west way back when. But they're growing their own farm. They're trying to become sustainable by themselves and grow their own food. Kind of like self-sufficient. Yeah. And I think um, with the technologies that agriculture has made, like with um, GMOs, it you're really making farmers able to produce the amount of food that we need in the United States to feed everybody around the world, which is really impressive. And I know that's another topic that I really would like to cover, like the food labels, like GMO versus non-GMO, because there's not even that many um, GMOs on the market when you think about it. And a lot of negative... And um, it's, it's not like those things weren't tested. I'm sure they went through very vigorous processes in yeah. order to gain those approvals. So there's nothing inherently horrible about being genetically modified unless you're like a mad scientist going crazy with it. Well, and like I've done a little bit of research into them just because like, again, I want to I wanna advocate for it and to inform people about the correct information. And I think GMOs, I think they have to go under a process of of like 17 years, mm-hmm. I think, at the minimum to hit the market. Like right now, um, the first ever GMO wheat was introduced in, um, I believe it was Argentina, because um, global warming has hit them hard and they were able to make a product of GMO that is drought tolerant. And that's going to really help their populations because they're, they're able to produce food for their population. Um, it's not available in the U.S. And quite frankly, it probably won't be unless we absolutely need it but they really needed it and science pulled through for them in nebraska after a tornado or in um, iowa after the derecho farmers were still able to plant corn because of um, a product called short day corn basically you can grow corn that can produce relatively the same amount as regular corn in a shorter amount of time so farmers were still able to recover some profit from what they lost. Um, Obviously, it still didn't cover nearly enough. Like, it was still enough there that they didn't go full-out bankrupt, which is really helpful, (laughs) especially in uh, farmers' economy right now. Yeah, and to the point of GMOs, like, producers are utilizing, like, new high-tech machinery to minimize time in the field um, with, like, precision planting, auto-steer, like, 
GPS planting I know we use at home. There's also um, computer programs that you can use that will calculate out like how much fertilizer you need, how much pesticides you're going to need, how much it's going to cost you. And that is a big help because it helps you keep everything in one place and keep track of it and know what to expect. So yeah. that was a really cool thing at Northeast that I got to experience. Um, obvious, it's an ag college, so they do a lot with um, precision farming. And they had a program that you could see the different soil types on the farms that uh, Northeast planted. And, and then we also um, got experience with driving a self-steering tractor. And the thing with uh, new technology, drones are being used more often in the ag industry, like to check on crops and pastures, like opting for aerial spraying to cover crops and fertilizers, and then using the drone to make sure that everything was done correctly. Even I know a couple of the farmers back in my area have used a app and local resources to check, um, to track precipitation in their fields to know how much they need to walk their center pivots and how much water they need to put on so that they're not wasting water and letting the fertilizers and chemicals run off their crops so that they are utilizing their money and their time worth. That's another thing that technology really helps with is like the conservation aspect because obviously the environment is super important. We only have you know, one earth to live on. So it's important that we take care of it. And with the technology being as precise as it is, it really helps mitigate, you know, the waste and like the over fertilization and pollution and all of that bad stuff can be prevented by technology, which is why I think it's super important to embrace the technology because obviously it's extremely expensive because it's new. But I think once it kind of gets mainstream, a lot of our environmental issues are going to be not necessarily gone, but, you know, benefited from that. Times change and we learn new things as we get older. And, you know, we learn more about the environment. We learn how certain behaviors affect the environment and how we need to um, how we need to behave to change that obviously not just on an individual level but on a larger you know global corporate level being able to say hey don't do that something bad's gonna happen and it's not gonna affect just you just your company it's gonna affect the entire population whether that's a town a region or the you know it's the global effect of it can be easily seen now but obviously there's a big you know there's a learning curve with all of that stuff and I think you know medicine has improved over the years agriculture has improved over the years and those things will continue to improve as we continue to you know live life as humanity and learn things and see new crises and then be able to overcome that and know how to prevent it or, you know, deal with it when it does come. And I will say, like, the Dust Bowl wasn't only just because of agriculturalists or farmers from mis uh, malpractice or anything yeah. like that. It, we were also in a really bad drought. But when you're not taking care of something environmentally, mm -hmm. it's just a train, uh, excuse me, chain reaction. And it can get really bad. But yeah. Yeah, and as we see is that um, with the Dust Bowl and learning from our mistakes is um, no-till farming and cover crops. So, And, I, and that's um, what I'll be talking about with um, someone that's going to be coming up in, I think, two weeks? In two weeks, right? But, yep. And you're seeing, uh, you're seeing a really big uh, 
growth with cover crops right now, which is really important for the environment too. And it's, um, I'm glad that farmers are seeing that it's a good, um, it's a good way to protect the soil and to um, build nutrients in the soil. So I'm excited to talk about that with him too. Well, that's going to be the end of this week's podcast. And so I'm going to give it to Claire and she can do our outro for us. Thank you for tuning in to the Ag Knowledge Podcast. This podcast was created by Agnes Kersels, Claire Horning, and Whitney Winter um, for KWSC at Wayne State College. Other episodes can be found on thecat.wsc.edu or on Spotify. Tune in on Thursdays at 6 p.m. for more Ag Knowledge. Music is solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw, found on Free Music Archive. This song was edited for the use of this podcast. <laughs>